podcast coming off an electric jerky's show jerk show <laughs> jerky's award you show you can't even say it. it's the jerky's awards <laughs> exactly coming off of a jerky's award show we wanted to follow that up with a little bit of uh 2021 q a so ending the the old year with the jerkies and then starting the new one with the jerks we're gonna have a grab bag of questions for each other, much like we've done in the past, uh, and hopefully keep it pretty short. A little jerk bag. <laughs> a little jerk bag, yeah. <laughs> this is like our eighth take. If you can't tell, we're all fired up. Like this is like our eighth take because we didn't know what to call this, but really <laughs> we just want to talk movies and ask each other questions and just kind of riff. Well, I, going into, I mean, 2021, we don't really know what to expect because in terms of movies, because 2020 produced so few. And so, I mean, there's there's a few questions that I have surrounding what you expect it, uh, in 2021. Okay, cool. Uh, Let's start with that. I've got some stats that I think we want to talk about with past movies. We'll talk about future stuff. Just start off with a question because <laughs> we haven't been able to figure out how to do this since. So. Just ask me a question. Let's go. Yeah. Take seven. Uh, no. Well, all right. So how soon is too soon to start making fictional movies around 2020 and the events of 2020? I think there's never too soon. I think creating content is quicker and easier than ever. And I think that people are probably the second that that even probably before the second that the hand turned midnight on January 1st, people were already starting to create content about whether it's fictional, documentaries, whatever, about 2020. Okay, but like, okay, so when big actors and actors, uh, um, pr- production studios can start getting big groups of people together again to shoot and make these big movies, so do you think they're all going to be wearing masks in the movie? So like, all right, so say if a movie is taking place in modern day, are people going to be wearing masks? Are they going to be socially distancing? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I know what you're saying. Gonna, they'll, they'll make it. Like, is it is it going to be normalized? Is like is there just going to be a love story where that happens somehow and people are just like wearing masks? They'll try it and it won't succeed. You go you go to the movies to see your favorite actors and actresses, and if their faces are covered up and their expression, you know, they're money makers, if you will. If they're covered up, then what are you paying for? Just to like, so my point, my, I guess what I'm saying is they're going to try to do it, but it's not going to work. Maybe just like you're doing right now, you have, I mean, you have like a little scarf on just below your neck, maybe just to, you know, as a quick nod to 2020, they'll have that going on. But no, I think people, I've heard stories about, you know, crews that are taking COVID tests every single day and still on production to create movies as if COVID doesn't exist. So I think it would right, have to like, be a poignant movie that was saying, okay, this takes place at the beginning, the opening credits, they're going to say July 2020. And then then you'll just kind of look for all those 2020 Easter eggs that that point back to the time that, that we were living in. So that's kind of like the question, like, can you make a movie within, all right, so can the movie take place in 2020 without A, there being a political nature to it? Be having something with like social distancing and ma- having everyone wearing masks being represented, uh, or you know, or or see the third the third thing that you know uh, can't be avoided is quarantine. Um, the fact that we've all been in quarantine. So, 
My point is, can you make a movie about about 2020 without address, really addressing it? This is because we all spent most of our, our our years differently than we did before. So, so I think how can you not address those things if you're making a, a modern movie? So I think they will. I think they will address them. It, but I don't think it's going to be some guy on his couch watching Netflix as the movie. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, it, it, and it also depends on the genre. If it's a comedy, you could do like, you know, just like kind of like the things that came out of that that we found each other. Like, th- there could be a bit with like Zoom dating or something like that. So it depends on the, and the shift. If it's like an action movie, then the guy has to like risk COVID and like run through, you know, mobs of people in order to get whatever. Like, it, it really depends on the genre. But if, if someone's I, I feel like if they're going to make a 2020 movie, all of the, like the cliches and like the quote unquote new normal stuff that we've been dealing with, will will have they'll have to make a nod to it. And like when when is that going to be nostalgic? I don't know if that's what your question like. When are we going to look back and be like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, if we watch something right now, we're still kind of living in it. So like that wouldn't it wouldn't register. I think maybe like, I don't know, five years after everyone's vaccinated, maybe maybe we'll look back and just like kind of romanticize this time. But I, I don't know. As far as content, I'm sure there's already they're already making it. Well, no, I guess it's it's less about the content and it's more about like the the the, the subtleties that the the presence of, of said like the masks and stuff like that, like what it suggests, like like that is it the new norm or or is it going to be like this thing that we look back on um, and say, oh, that was. That movie is, of course, 2020 because they're all wearing scarves. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I personally don't know, but it, it, you know, the the prospect is out there for this to be, you know, for the masks um, to be at least, like you said, nodded to or to have them around their necks yeah. or something, something just to prove um, uh, factual, um, you know, continuity. Yeah. So I mean, with what's happening. What you're saying, I think, is is probably going to be the more interesting pieces that come out of this, like the documentaries that come out of this. So, the, like, I, I think a few podcasts ago, we were talking about documentary, how fact is now more entertaining than fiction ever was. I think it's just going to continue on. I think that there's going to be stories, maybe reveals about what was going on in the White House, how the decisions were being made, you know, so, kind of like behind the scenes tell-alls for some of the biggest events that maybe we don't have all the answers to now that will come out in the future. That's going to be the stuff that that'll probably be the most entertaining. But I think that as far from a fictional standpoint, people will try to like make some kind of cutesy rom-com, how we got together during quarantine, something like that, that will, that will come out. People are going to try anything. I mean, there's so many platforms out there for people to just try stuff that you'll see a bunch of this stuff. And it's, it's just a matter of what's going to stick and what resonates with people that I probably can't predict. But I, you know, or that we can't predict. But I would think that like the the tell-all documentary of, you know, maybe Dr. Fauci comes out with like a book or something about how, you know, people in the White House were were you know preventing him from doing what he needed to. The, you know, it would be some sort of something like that that will come out that will be interesting. Okay. Uh, well, uh, my initial uh, that's that's you're answering all my questions, but my initial one was. Um, will there be fictional? Uh, I, the the question changed as we started talking about, but will there be fictional stuff, movies surrounding this year? So, like, yes, uh, I know normally talk politics, but uh, soon thereafter, not even fictional, but like uh, 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 biopic. So, like, do you think how soon do you think there will be like a biopic of Donald Trump 
in his, in his presidency. So like Oliver Stone did one of jo- uh, yeah. with Josh Brolin of George W. Bush um, soon thereafter as yeah. presidency. He also did one with Nick Cage about 9-11. So and right. th- that happened like two two years after. So yeah, I think I think he's, if, if not Oliver Stone, there's someone working on that right now. And hey, do you think Baldwin's going to play or do who, who else? Who, who, no. I mean, Singer Hoffman, unfortunately, is dead, dead. So he could have done like a really interesting one. Yeah. Like who could be who else besides besides Baldwin? Well, I don't think it necessarily needs to be about Trump. But yeah, like, I, I don't know. I think Baldwin is obviously like a, a SNL property. So I, I think if someone else was going to do it would be like Will Ferrell being W in, in his in his, you know, W. They're going to find someone else to do it. Well, to, to that, if it were to be SNL, I'd actually be okay with it because one of my notes that I just wanted to make sure to bring up in this podcast, what I'm personally looking forward to and I hope is done is a lot of mindless shit in 2021. I've been watching a lot of like old, like uh, Rob Schneider, the animal and Deuce Bigelow and like, <laughs> Honestly, those are some of the things that have like kept my mind in like a like a, a silly place or like a, a more neutral place surrounding all the craziness that's happening. Because like it's like those mind. I also watched Beverly Hills Ninja with like Chris Farley. Like those movies. Like for some reason, for me, like I feel like Will Ferrell kind of would would be a great time for him to come out with like a Anchorman esque, just mindless, yeah. fun. Uh, you know, um, character, uh, you know, dodgeball, Dwight Goodman, you know, Ben Stiller type of movie. Like, that's what I've been craving. All right. I hope I hope that they do. I mean, I think that there's been attempts at that. Like, David Spade put out a couple movies during quarantine that were just mindless and dumb. And like, you don't want Hubie Halloween. I'm talking about, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I want quality mindlessness. <laughs> like, I want I want quality dumb humor. Uh, so I mean, not not so much humor, but I mean something that I turn my mind off that I know I've been watching lately is a lot of Liam Neeson movies. Like, keep Liam Neeson going. I just watched The Commuter, The Unknown, uh, one of the Takens, like all back to back, and they are they're just completely they're not like funny necessarily, but they're all completely mindless. So I you know I say Liam Neeson hasn't really made. Like they're all kind of like the same type of action movies, but I I'm, I get sucked in every single time. He's kind of like the the 2010s Nick Cage was in the 90s to me. Like that action hero who, you know, was putting out a lot of the same stuff, but it was mindless enough. But every time I just wanted to watch it. So I don't know who that's going to be in the new decade. But if 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 well, they can that, find someone, then I'm I'm all in. Interesting you bring up Liam Neeson. He didn't quite get our Nick Cage overacting award or the Cuba getting fall from grace or anything like that. Um, but he is kind of in a position where I think he needs to rebound here. And I, in one of my questions, probably the last question I have written down here before my very final, final one that I'll ask you, um, is what actor or actress um, – uh, needs a rebound year. What 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 actor needs to come back with something that like reminds us that they are either an A list celebrity or like they've done something recently, yeah. not quite far from grace, but yeah. like they need to reestablish themselves. Easy. I have my 
Easy, Tom Hardy. For me, it's Tom Hardy. He's no, he, he's that, he's that right on matter. the he's right on the cusp. I mean, he's had a few clunkers in in the last five years, and the fact that he's doing Venom two, we've mentioned on past past podcasts, it's a sequel of a movie that sucked. So he's on he's on alert right now, and I hope he's going to go Oscar chasing this year and do something that's worth watching. I that was that was my exact answer as well. Um, you know who else I think needs to kind of make a little. Uh, stab at resurgence is uh, Ed Norton, who is one of your favorite, mm-hmm. or favorite actors. Phil, was, if you were to ask Phil in high school who his favorite actor is, I think he would have said Ed Norton. Oh, he's still top. Um, he's still top five. It's just Motherless Brooklyn was just so bad that he does. He needs a rebound, and he's not putting yeah. stuff out. He's not in things lately. Right, and at least like. People like Shia, like Shia LaBeouf is still trying at least. <laughs> Ed Norton, I feel like he needs to, like he just needs to find some quality stuff to to be put out there. Um, but but yeah, but in terms of what twenty twenty one, a mindless Ed Norton film, <laughs> possibly directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> you know that'd be no. No, and Norton always puts out some sort of thing that makes. Like that makes you think. I, 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 the only movie I can think of that he was in that was kind of mindless was the Italian Job. He was the bad guy in Italian Job, but usually he's involved in some pretty good dramas. So, I think that that's a good. He's a good candidate for someone who probably needs a rebound to get back to that. I think he tried with Motherless Brooklyn. He had pretty much all director's edits and cuts on that thing. He just needs to put his acting chops in some other director's hands, some other script. You know, do something like a Red Dragon again, or uh, what? What else was? There? I mean, I wouldn't say Fight Club. I think that he's past those days. But something where he's kind of like a, you know, a brainy dramatic cop or something like that. I'd, I'd, I'd right. be in with that. Either something, something dark, or like a fantastic biopic of somebody. Like he needs to nail somebody. Like um, uh, what's his name um, has been nailing all these different actors. Um, He's uh, in the Batman series. He's the commissioner. Oh, Gary um, Oldman. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is just like a chameleon dude. Like he's he's that guy who's like consistently found good work throughout his career and stayed relevant. Um, yeah, but, I, I put them in the same in the same uh, category, and so he's he's definitely he's still continuing to find work. I feel like the last time I really said Ed Norton was Birdman. I think. Yep. And I thought that was that was more than a watchable movie. It was a little bit like artsy and different because they're running through the backstages of, of uh, you know, a Broadway show. But I I thought that that was good. Yeah, it's a good movie. You know, it's an Academy Award nominated movie, but it's definitely the Michael Keaton show. Um, speaking of that, it's been the Tim Daly show. Uh, you got any questions for me, by the way? Well, it's gonna it's gonna keep being the Tim Daly show because now I'm gonna put you on the spot. Um, well, um, toss them at me. I can I can react to stuff better than I can propose it. All right, this one's simple. I know we've done this in the past, but I'm just checking up on you now. Who is your Who is your top celebrity crush right now? My top celebrity crush right now, crap. Uh, it is the girl from Queen's Gambit. Uh, who I don't know her name. She's in the. She was in The Witch. She I know was who you're in, talking about. Uh, Unbreakable. Uh, or uh, It's not Unbreakable. It's, um, split, excuse me. She yeah, was split. split. Yeah. 
Glass. Uh, I should know her name, but she was in the Queen's Gambit, and uh, it's she's yeah, she is. I, I probably should know her name. Anya Taylor Joy. Anya Taylor Joy. I had to look it up. Yeah, she she's uh, she's got my attention right now. <laughs> she there's definitely something interesting about her. Her her confidence in that in Queen's Gambit is is yeah it's. It's engaging. It's a, it's attractive. It definitely is. I like. I definitely like fair, fair features, dark hair, and they're intense eyes too. You know, but I actually I, I haven't seen Queen's Gambit yet. I just know that she is my celebrity crush at the moment. <laughs> well, you, you and about half the world. I I've talked to buddies about this and people around around town, and they they're captivated by her too. I, I loved Queen's Gambit, and I loved I loved uh, Split, and anything else that really she's been in. Emma, she did the new Emma, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a fan. I wouldn't say she's my celebrity crush. I'll, I think that that that's reserved for Blake Lively now and forever. I'm kind of a one woman guy dog, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you could just throw yourself all over, you throw yourself all over Hollywood. You go ahead and do that. Good for good for Crystal. You know she uh, <laughs> she's got she, you're a one woman guy. Man, I just got too, I got too much love to spread there, Doug. Yeah, I hear you. She knows if Blake Lively ever came knocking, I think I have a hall pass for her. So, uh, but anyways, so that be, going back, that to, might be a good. I'd take Crystal in that fight, actually. I, well, I don't know. I don't know. Blake yeah. Lively's like close to six feet. She might have the reach on her, but uh, I may or may not <laughs> sell tickets if that ever comes up. I'll let you know and hit the record button. Um, so it was funny you mentioned Ed, Ed Norton because a lot of what I want to talk about just here at the end is about death in movies. So it's kind of like an ode to the death of 2020. I kind of want to focus on like death. We, we've tossed this back and forth, so I figured let's bring it up here. So death in movies, Edward Norton is one, is one I went through IMDb and I went through like a bunch of internet stuff and I bu- pulled some stats up on, on actors and, and de- dying in movies. Some do it, some are like notorious for it. Some, you know, just never die in any movies. So before I get into my list, who would be, so percentage wise, who would be your guess at the actor who has died the least percentage wise in the movies that he or she is starting? Has died the least? The least. So who is the action hero who never dies in films? And I think once you hear it, you won't be shocked, but I'll give you a first stab at it, then I'll run through my list. The action hero who never dies in films has to be The Rock. No. Dwayne Johnson. So the Dwayne Johnson in his early career was was in The Mummy, and he dies in The Mummy. So, okay. I don't, okay, so who's the... Uh, all right, so what's the answer? So The Rock... So it's kind of a trick question because there is no famous actor, right? There is no actor that never dies in the movie, but... In the movies, there's there's one guy who has only died once in any movie that he's ever been in, and that's Chuck Norris. Chuck <laughs> Chuck Norris is I like said Jackie, oh, I should have said Jackie Chan or uh, yeah, Chuck Norris is a really good one. Or uh, what about yeah, or uh, or uh, Bruce Lee? Yeah. You know? So so all of those guys. So actually, I can't believe you said Bruce Lee because the only person, the only hands that Chuck Norris died on was Enter the Dragon, or I'm sorry, Return of the Dragon, and Bruce Bruce Lee snapped his neck in that movie. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a just or like a, 
if it, if Chuck Norris was going to die at anyone, if, if his throat was going to be ripped out by anyone, or his neck was going to be snapped, I guess Bruce Lee yep. is the guy to do it. It's the legend, the legend Bruce Lee. So The Rock and Jackie Chan, you mentioned them. Jet Li is on the list. Jet Li only died in one movie too, but he had, he had such a small number of movies that he did that it, it the percentages didn't work out. But can you name the movie that Jet Li died in? Do you know it? I would say the one. No, no, he didn't die in the one. He died well, in technically, technically, he's got like all these. It's a multiverse, and there's hundreds of them, and they all. He's going around killing different Jet Lees, so technically, he does die. Okay, so the the credits when the credits run when the credits end, he's still alive at the end of the movie, right? I I, I don't I can't say I remember. That. <laughs> I'm yeah, just going man. off of crappy internet research, but so the one that he died in, he 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 got on the scene as the bad guy, as the bad martial arts guy. He was a bad guy in Lethal Weapon 4, and he dies in Lethal uh, Weapon 4. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Briggs. Briggs. I'm getting too old for this shit. I should have known that. So yeah, I, actually, Chris Rock is in that one. That was when they really started, like, like Joe Pesci was in it. Uh, uh, yeah, Chris Rock. And Lethal Weapon Four, like they just started to throw people in those in those mm -hmm. movies. So other guys that made the top the top five, and this is basically percentage wise. This isn't number of deaths. This is percentage. The next is Mark Wahlberg. Can you name a movie that there's two movies that he's died in? Have you, can you name a Mark Wahlberg movie that he dies in? Um, a Mark Wahlberg movie that he dies in. Shoot. There's two. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, does he die in Lone Survivor? Nope, he doesn't die. He is the Lone Survivor. <laughs> oh, shoot. I don't know then. I don't uh, know, so I don't it's, know. it's Fear. Cool. It's Fear with, with Reese, Reese Witherspoon. He's the crazy boyfriend. Never seen that one? Never seen And then you, you'll be kicking yourself for this one. He dies in the perfect storm as well, George Clooney. Ah, uh, yeah. well, you don't see him, man. He's just floating out. Who knows? Yeah, uh, he's he's dead. I think that final wave comes and takes him. It's assumed he's he's gone. Um, yeah. Number no. three, number three on the no. list was Will Smith. Um, he dies in. Care to guess? Uh, Will Smith dies in only two movies. I am Legend. Yep. And uh, seven uh, seven pounds. That's the one where he puts himself in the bathtub with the jellyfish and kills himself so that he can donate all his organs to all the people who helped him out or whatever it was. So it's that one. Sly Stallone has only died in two movies. Shockingly, uh, Sylvester Stallone has died in Death Race 2000 and this movie called F.I.S.T. Fist. Never heard of either one of those or seen either one of those. Um, and then fifth is Jet Li. Going down the list, we have Mila Djokovic has only died in two movies. She's the uh, Resident Evil. Why are you so focused? You're so focused on death. This is pretty uh, utterly macabre we, of you, dog. We wanted to do this bit forever, so I'm doing it. So screw you. Uh, Jackie Chan has only died in four movies. Arnold has only died in one, technically, but four. He's five if you include the Terminators. Just the Terminator keeps coming back. Anytime he started in a Terminator, he's died. Um, Harrison Ford has only died in three movies. The most recent being the Star Wars. The most he's Han Solo yeah. died. Um, Steven Whatever. Steven Seagal has only died in two movies, and then Tom Cruise has only died in four. So these are out of the percentages. Those are like the lowest percentage action movie stars that have actually fewest deaths in the movies. 
Care, care to guess who has died the most in movies overall? It's I know movie. that one. Sean, Sean Bean, who's uh, Ned, Edard Stark, as well as... Uh, so percent, uh, percentage-wise, you're right. Percentage-wise, you have it. He almost always dies in every single movie. I don't know what the percentage is. I'm saying number of deaths on film. So number, like this isn't in the same number of movies where this character has died or this actor has died. Just sheer numbers. Uh, I'm going to say, all right, I have two guesses just out of sheer number of movies I've been in. And my first guess is Kevin Bacon. Nope. Second guess is Sam Jackson. No, but good guesses though, but no. The number one guy who's died 60, who's died 65 times in movies that he's been in is Danny Trejo. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And yeah. he, he barely edged yeah. out this guy named Christopher Lee, who plays. Uh, he's in the Lord of the Rings. He plays Soromon, and uh, and I think it's just he's he's at that number because he's had a career that extends back to the fifties, and he's just been yeah. in so many. And that's more of a, a numbers rather than. I think Danny Trejo has pretty much died in almost every movie that he's ever been in. Um, mm. So, anyways. Um, that that's kind of my my little bit on depth. Obviously, in jerks fashion, we have to mention Leo. Leo has done thirty movies in his career, which I thought was kind of short for that. I, th- I thought he'd been in more. How many would how many movies would you guess he's died in? Quality, not quantity, dog. True. Uh, uh, how many many movies has he died in? I bet you Leo has died in out of thirty movies. I bet you he's died in ten of them. That's a really, really, really good guess. It was the answer is nine. It's nine of thirty. But I thought his percentages would be way up. So that's about thirty-three percent, right? About a third of the movies that he's ever. Yeah, I think about Andy Can, The Beach. I mean, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of movies that he does. The the Aviator. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's done a lot of you know. He's done a lot of stuff outside of just, um, I mean, Inception, is he dead? Is he dreaming? Right, right. No, but confirmed death. So we're talking about Departed where he just gets shot right in the head, right? So there's no doubt he's dead in that. And the Reverend, you're supposed to like, is he dead? Is he going to make it back to the camp? Whatever, because he just had an epic fight with, with uh, no, Tom. No, the, credit, the credits are it's running and he's still breathing. Right, right. Like, so he, he, he technically he, did not he, die right there. But I'm sure he died thereafter. Uh, so, so yeah, it was nine of thirty. I thought it would have been closer to fifteen, but you you win you win the prize. All right, so that's my bid on depth. Any other questions that we have? I know we're we're right at about the twenty six minute mark. So you tell me twenty seven. No, I, I guess the, the the last question I had was I guess in in if we, if we this was going to be our last podcast of the season, which it's not. We're going to go to fifty. Uh, what is one thing that you've learned from doing this podcast? Because I've I've learned so much through the tech technology that I have to do to like post this stuff and all that. But what's one thing do you think you learned um, through being able to do this? Mm, I think it's just cadence. I think it's we've done a. I think we needed to work on it at the beginning, but it's just knowing when that other person's going to stop talking and giving them like that millisecond in between their point and when you're, when you come in to talk. Um, So I think that that's something that I've learned also like just learning about the statistics, you know, through anchor that we use and watching, like that's, that's something that I've picked up. 
uh, as well. I mean, editing, I kind of learned editing back in college. I took a MIDI class so that, you know, I always knew how to use GarageBand, but maybe I'm getting too specific. What was yours? No, uh, no, that's good answer. Mine was just like, I guess, um, listening back to myself, which is never comfortable, like hearing my different inflections when either talking, interviewing somebody, like the way I, my voice changes or like, or being like really critical of something that we've done. And then someone will say, oh, no, that was actually good or, or thinking it was good. And saying, oh, it's actually, you know, I thought that could have been better. This, but it's just a, an interesting process that we always enjoy people's input. Uh, majority of the time it's positive and awesome, but even when it's uh, is you know, not always like the, you're doing awesome, like we always still get to learn from it. It's, yeah, for it's, sure. It's, it's an interesting thing. So, I mean, as everyone knows who's listening, I kind of play like the host role, the guy smiley, if you will, of this show. And I wish that I was more, more of my actual personality came out in it, where I think you do a better job of doing that. So that's maybe something that I can work on in 2021. And we can also work on like getting this out there a little bit more too. Like there's a way that we can have more people listen. So I, those are things I want to improve on in 2021 for the podcast, obviously selfishly, but um, I don't know. It's just been fun, homie. It's just, we, we did this like pre-pandemic is just something to kind of kill some time and have fun with. And I never thought that we'd get to 50 episodes, which is what we're approaching. And it's just been a lot of fun. Yeah, and as we're approaching 800 and then soon to be 1,000 listens, woo, uh, we, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go into the second season, but, uh, but we appreciate you guys continuing to listen, and uh, we'll have some fun stuff yeah. to come. And let us know if you like crap like this, because this is some of the most fun stuff that we do. So uh, hit us up and let us know if, if this is, is something that, that you like, and we'll keep doing it. All right, homie. Peace. Up to zone out, pushing paper, slam.